Welcome to the study of the inner room, where we review highlights on daily scriptures and focus on the emotional content they provide to guide us in our spiritual journey to learn to pray, to worship, and to listen to God's will for our lives. A big shout out to my son Marco, the producer of this episode, for setting it all up as he's completed high school and he's preparing for college and invited me into this adventure of creating some daily meditations on how to mold guide our emotions into some mastery that can help us fulfill God's will for our lives. We catch up today with Paul who had left Antioch and Iconium and we see that Jews that came from those two cities have found him in the countryside where he had been preaching and hiding and they stone Paul They drag him out of the city where he was preaching at that time, and they leave him there supposing he's dead. We have to imagine this moment where Paul was so wounded with stone, just um, terror having been inflicted on him, and he's dragged through the city. The the desecration of that fear for everybody that was there, that, that was a follower of Jesus, and that was listening to Paul, and he's dragged out and, and left for dead. This is a terrific moment as we are now in lockdown, uh, in fear for our lives, fear for contagion, fear for returning how to work, that these first Christians lived f- with fear for their lives, that they were stoned and dragged through the streets, and that their message continue resounding through the ages so that we can hear it out of their pain and suffering. So what happens next is the disciples that just watched him be dragged out and and stoned uh, gather around him and then he enters. And what does he do? Does he escape? Does he leave danger? No, he enters the city. He spends the night there. And in the morning he returns where? He returns to Antioch, the the place where the Jews that had stoned him came from. He walks into the mouth of the wolf, as we say in Spanish, La Boca del Lobo. And we have there the first church that had been established where Christians had been called Christians for the first time. So the persecution, the wounds, the desecration, all of that does not deter Paul from returning back to Antioch where his persecutors had come from. And what does he do there? There's no lollygagging. There's no licking of his own wounds. No, he returns to strengthen the spirit of the disciples. He returns to exhort them to persevere in the faith. He returns to let them know, be not afraid, which Jesus repeats over and over through the scriptures. And not only do they stay on mission, but we see that they intensify it. They appoint presbyters for each of the churches. So we know that there's more than one. And they return to the basics of their efforts, prayer and fasting. And they commend the communities to the Lord. They're not thinking of themselves. They're thinking of the mission and they're full of activity, even though they have so many earthly difficulties. And they spend time with the disciples, helping them understand what Jesus had said. And so we take refuge in that community ourselves as we are in lockdown for COVID with all of our own fears, as some of us are planning to return to work And what does it mean to return to the public forum? And what does it mean to stay on mission for our lives? 
remembering that we are still the ones being sent by Jesus. And we can recognize that when we start to do things for the kingdom, we might receive attacks for ourselves. We might receive attacks in a favorite place for the ruler of the world, as Jesus calls him, Satan, where he will attack our, our families, our marriages. There will be dissension at work. We will start to see that if we take steps to further the kingdom of God, we will receive attacks in the places that we most love and cherish. So what do we hear in um, in the gospel is instruction. Where do we get our strength? Where, where, what are the tools? Prayer, fasting, and strength in the community. Praying for one another. When you're about to do something, reach out to your community, reach out to me, and ask us to pray for you. The responsorial psalm for today comes from Psalm 145. Your friends make known, O Lord, the glorious splendor of your kingdom. We can repeat that refrain as a way of worshiping as we are learning how to pray in this podcast. This responsorial psalm is a very wonderful place to pray. Your friends make known, O Lord, the glorious splendor of your kingdom. So who are you? Who are your friends? This comes right after we hear that Paul has been stoned. He's a friend of God. He's a friend of Jesus. He's turned his life over to to God and is spreading the kingdom of heaven. And there is nothing in what's happening to him personally that seems uh, it's showing the glorious splendor of the kingdom. He's wounded. He's left for dead. He's dragged through the streets. He's abandoned and desecrated. I find a lot of wonder in St. Teresa of Avila's words, and, and it makes me smile. She used to say, if you treated your friends better, Lord, you would have more of them. And isn't it true as we hear what's happening to Paul? He stays on mission for the kingdom of God, knowing that he is not ruled by the fame, the fortune, the opinions of those that are ruling the world, but he is attentive to God, knowing that God is with him, even in the moment of great persecution, because he's operating from a different platform. So we have to find that platform for our own lives. Things are coming that are difficult. People are losing their jobs. We have people in our own circle of friends and family that have had the virus. I've been uh, very grateful that my sister and my niece who had it in Spain recovered from it. They took a few weeks. They got to be in the hospital and watch what happened there and they returned home to recover. But we have friends who have lost dear ones. And so in the middle of the hardship, we have to know that we are operating from a different platform, that it is not the world's platform. And so the Psalm, Psalm 145, speaks of God's might of his dominion that endures through the difficulties and that our mouth will speak the praise of God. That is what Paul does. He's not looking at his wounds and complaining and feeling sorry for himself. He returns to Antioch to exhort and encourage the Christians and praise God for being in the midst of these communities, even as they're being persecuted. We turn then to the gospel that today is from 
John 14, a continuation of yesterday's reading, and we are on verses 27 through 31, where Jesus is telling us, Peace I leave, leave you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives it. Do not let your hearts be troubled or afraid. These are the words that Paul had taken so deeply into his heart that even in the midst of persecution, hardship, wounds, bleeding, ignominious types of behavior being done to him, can say that from within him he has the peace that goes beyond all understanding and he does not feel his heart is troubled. And so he returns that first night to the city where he had been in hiding and in the next morning he returns right back to the city where his persecutors were coming from, Antioch, because he knew that those churches that were being started needed his example and exhortation. He knew that the news would have traveled that he had been stoned and left for dead, and he needed to reassure his people that God was with them. So how do we do that in our midst with the pandemic all around us, as people are showing so much fear, as people are afraid to be together, to come together, as we are taking the first steps to return to work, how has this time of rest in the pandemic helped us to realign our hearts with God, our hearts to love, to service, to compassion, to mercy, to a renewed, slower pace that pays attention to the things that really matter? We've been reconnected to our families, reconnected to our children, reconnected to our purpose, reconnected to rest. We have slowed down activities, and I hear from some of my colleagues and clients saying, in some way, I dread to return to the fast pace that we had before, where there was sort of a franticness about it. In the Acts of the Apostles, we hear a frantic franticness about spreading the kingdom, but it comes from a place of peace. Jesus continues, I am going away, and I'll come back to you. So he's going to be returning, and he returns to us in the Word. He returns to us as friends, colleagues, people around us, remind us that God is with us. And he says then something paradoxical. We also have been paying attention to how Jesus' teaching style is helpful to us as we run our own families, as we run the teams at work. He says, if you loved me, you rejoice that I'm going to the Father. These must have left the disciples puzzled. And we have seen Philip and Thomas and Judas in the last readings puzzled at some of the things that Jesus was telling them and really wondering about some fundamental things. But today Jesus puzzles us again. How can we rejoice that he's leaving us? We want him with us. He says, if you loved me, you would rejoice. What does he mean by that? What does he mean if you loved me? Yesterday, we pondered about that. Loving Jesus meant knowing the commandments that he has left us, having them. That means owning them. And what are the commands? Love God with all your heart and soul and might, and then love your neighbor as yourself. I call this three-dimensional loving. It is connecting us to the Father, connecting us to our own heart and our own mission, and connecting us to those around us. There's a three-dimensionality to that love that Jesus is inviting us to. And the second thing he's saying, after you know and have these commandments, then practice them. 
Put them to work. Experience them. You cannot just have them in your head. You have to see them in action in the world. If you do that, he was telling us yesterday, then you love me. And today he's taking us one step further. If you loved me, you would rejoice. Joys, joy is a result of following Jesus' commands. When we put love into practice, we feel joy. And then once we've attuned our hearts, we have a peace that goes beyond all understanding. Jesus continues, The ruler of the world, Satan, has no power over me, but the world must know that I love the Father and do what he has commanded. Jesus did it. He followed it to the end. And now we see Paul in the Acts of the Apostles doing the same. Let's go do that for ourselves. Let's take the role that God has given us in our garden, in our family, in our work, and let's make that the center of our peace building in the world, that we operate from a different platform that is three-dimensional, that puts God in perspective in the center of what we do, that puts love for our mission as we ask God to clarify it and to help us fulfill it, and as we love those around us, even in the midst of great difficulty. Have a wonderful day. Put these exhortations into practice. Connect to the emotional side of your life to fuel your mission, and reach out to us if there's anything that we can do to pray with you.